Thank you for tuning in to episode 12 of Adversity University, and welcome to class. On today's podcast, we have a new type of profession. This is something that we really want to pursue. We want to show all sorts of different people in all different walks of life. Today, we have Presley Tennant, who is pursuing a career as a songwriter and performer. Uh, she's also doing a bit of dancing, and there's other skills that go along with that. Garrett, what did you think about Presley? Yeah, she was very well spoken for only being 18 years old. Uh, a very uh, cool career to talk about. We won't give away too much, but uh, she was on The Voice. Uh, she has currently chosen to become a country music artist, which is very cool. Me and Sean love country music. Uh, so it was cool to get her take and kind of get an inside scoop on what it's like to be uh, a music artist. She's very young. She's only 18 years old, but she was 16 on The Voice. And I think that you can't say that she hasn't faced adversity. We'll get more into it in the actual interview, but it doesn't matter what age you start your journey. There's always going to be things that hold you back and you can always learn from those. It's easier to learn those lessons when you're older because you're more mature and you're looking for ways to actively, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Like upgrade your ability. And yeah. so it was cool to see that she's obviously had coaching and has a great support system, but she's definitely taken her own career into her own hands and, that's what you have to do if you want to be successful. Let's kick it on over to Presley Tennant. For all you listeners out there that don't know where Garrett and I began our hockey journey, it was with the Colorado Rampage, where a list of other notable alumni also began their career as young student athletes. The Colorado Rampage AAA hockey program is currently accepting registrations for their tryouts and identification camps to find elite players and people looking to play AAA hockey and take their career to the next level. The Rampage play in the Tier 1 Elite League, which is one of the best AAA leagues in the country. This is where your players will get to showcase their skill in front of scouts for the best junior teams, colleges, and even professional teams in North America. We would encourage anyone between the ages of 12 and 18 who are looking for a place to develop and start their hockey career the same way we did to send an email to play AAA at coloradorampage.org to get more information. That's P-L-A-Y-A-A-A at C-O-R-A-M-P-A-G-E dot org. You can also visit their website at www.corampage.com. Be better today than you were yesterday and join the herd. Today's guest is a native of Norco, California. She's a singer, dancer, and songwriter who has released her own original songs that are currently available on Apple Music and Spotify. She's also scheduled to perform the national anthem at a Seattle Seahawks game this season, should the NFL go through with their season. She's best known for competing at the young age of 16 on NBC's The Voice and was coached by superstar Kelly Clarkson. Thank you for coming on Adversity University, Presley Tennant. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so Garrett and I are athletes and we don't know much about your field. What is your process like when you write your own music? Do you begin with lyrics or melody or how does that work? I mean, it all kind of comes just how I'm feeling in the moment. I've kind of done it every way uh, where I started with just lyrics and then we're, like started doing like playing around with music type of thing and then playing around with the melodies. Um, but I've also had times where it's like melodies first and then the lyrics come and uh, then the music follows or it's like music first, then lyrics, then melody. It all kind of just depends on what kind of avenue I'm going with that day. So just kind of on that? your mood and how you're feeling and stuff like that, it just changes? Yeah, yeah. Like if something pops up in my head, I'm either going to record it or I'm going to write it down. Uh, just 
making sure that I have that somewhere where I can go back to it if I want to like continue on that idea. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you, have you found that one of those processes works better for you? I feel like for me, the best process um, would either be lyrics first or music first. Um, lyrics for me, like when I do that first, I am able to like really clearly and concisely put down all my ideas um, and what I want to say. Um, and then I can add everything else around it. But also it kind of depends like if I get a track or if I get like the music, um, obviously if it's like an up-tempo, like you kind of want to talk about something a little more like uplifting, I guess, or like a little more catchy, hooky, I guess. Um, but uh, if I was, if it's something slower, then I'm going to go with something a little more like honing in on like that sound, I guess. Does that I'm make sure sense? <laughs> It's funny that you say that you write stuff down because one of our interviews with uh, was with a strength coach, Mike Boyle, and he talked about that a lot of successful people keep a notepad next to your bed. So kind of a weird personal question, but do you have a notepad next to your bed? So if you have an idea or some lyrics come about, you just write it down? Yeah, I mean, I mean, at all times I also have my phone and I just write down everything on notes. But next to my bed, I have a journal that I write in all the time, just kind of like clearing my mind and then putting things down that have been stuck there for a little bit. And I just go back to it when I need to. That's awesome. Thank you. So how do you find inspiration overcome writer's block? That, <laughs> that one's still like a tough one. Um, I mean, I always have days like where some things come easier than others. And I think that's with any like field of um, whatever someone's doing. Um, we're going to have like harder days and then we're gonna have easier days. Um, but I feel like the best way for me is just talking it out with somebody, um, whether it be like another writer or like one of my friends or uh, my parents even just kind of putting it all out into motion um, and really clearly expressing what I want to say, I feel like is the best way to get through it. Um, and just kind of writing whatever comes to mind, even if it's like about like having like a writer's block, like writing about that, just kind of like frees my mind. How many times do you think you have to go through revisions of songs? Like, how do you know when it's perfect? I mean, a song can always be changed and it can always be like perfect uh, or can almost never be perfect. I feel like is the best way to put it because there are always alterations that you want to make to it. I mean, I have songs that are out right now that I'm like, oh, I wish I did this with it or I just wish I did that with it. But that's also part of learning and making sure that I am growing as an artist. Um, and so it kind of just depends, but I also want to like put out stuff that I fully believe in. And so everything that I put out, is stuff that I truly believe in and I stand by wholeheartedly. Um, but I also know that there are so many different ways to make it better. Would you ever consider writing for other artists? I know a lot of artists do that. Like there's that show on right now, I think it's called Songland. Yeah. And I believe one of the guys from One Direction is out there really helping these other artists promote themselves. Is that something you think you would be interested in? Uh, that's something I'd definitely be interested in, um, especially like working with different writers um, that I have already and seeing kind of the products that they've put out for different artists. Um, I mean, half the time it also starts off as their own song and then uh, it gets translated to one producer and then it gets translated to another one and it all just kind of goes back and forth um, until that song may not work for someone, but it's going to be better for somebody else. So it's like a song for Beyonce is not going to be the same song for Megan Trainer type of thing. Um, just kind of depending on like who you're writing for. Um, but it's also a great way to get yourself out there and stuff like that, which I think is really awesome. I like that you talk about, um, when writing songs, like they, they could always be better and you kind of won't really know how they're going to be better until you put it out there and you go back and listen to it, or you get advice from people that are well-known in that field. 
And it's funny because for me and Sean, we started this not, not a whole long ago, like pretty recently, what Sean, like two, three months, maybe. Um, but like both of our parents listen to it. Like we have friends that listen to it and now we're starting to gain an audience and a following. And it's cool just to get the little bit of feedback, um, from different people. And then we can recycle that and be like, okay, we agree with what they're saying or like, no, this isn't really our vision for what we want to do. So it's cool to get that side of it because obviously, you know, running a podcast and being a music star, are completely different avenues, but it's cool to see that there is some correlation between those. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely cool to see the connection between everything. Um, like even like as, like as different as they are, they're also very similar in different avenues. How do you deal with negative critique? Now that Garrett brings that up, um, we've been fortunate enough. It's mostly family and friends, so they're not really mean to us yet, but um, <laughs> I'm waiting for that one star review to come through. How do you kind of deal with when people aren't happy with the product that you've worked so hard on? Um, something that I really had to learn with like the negative comments would be, um, you can't really take anything personal. Um, you also have to believe in yourself like wholeheartedly and know that like your worth and everything like that, as cheesy as that sounds, it's like, I feel like everyone tells you that, but it's like up until you're put up with like that time of test, um, it really comes in handy. Um, like last year when I was on the voice, you know, there was so much love that was given, but there was also the few that weren't as nice. Um, and that was something that I had to deal with, but it wasn't something too crazy because I don't know. I saw people that took that negative comment and really let it affect them, um, and kind of like push them down, I guess, in a way you could say, but for me, I knew that that was something that I wasn't going to let affect me in a negative way. I was going to turn it to a positive. Um, and I've kind of always been that way ever since I was younger. Like if someone told me I couldn't do something, I wanted to prove them wrong, um, in a nice way, but. I just, I always have that determination, like I'm going to make this happen. Um, and so like, I feel like that's how I got through it is I took it, didn't take it personal, but I also took it into consideration because you want to like, you can't please everyone. Um, and I think that's something that I really had to learn. Um, but as soon as I figured out that you can't please everyone, that was when I really started to succeed in my craft and really uh, push myself and make myself better. You mentioned being on The Voice and I did a little research. According to HollywoodReporter.com, The Voice had just under 9 million viewers last season. How did you prepare for such a large event and calm your nerves being on national television in front of all these people and these celebrity hosts and these people who you don't even know are voting to decide your fate? How did you kind of calm yourself for that? It was, being on The Voice was like a crazy experience. I, it was something that I was fully prepared for yet like not prepared for at the same time. Um, I mean, I kind of went in, I went into it with an open mind. I was just like, Oh, like whatever happens happens. Like I'm going to work, I'm going to work, like work so hard to get where I want to be. But, um, if it just like that kind of mentality. So it didn't really affect me until I got to the day of my blind audition. And I was like, literally no nerves the entire day. Like I woke up, I was like, Oh yeah, this is fine. It's like another performance type of thing. And then I like, the doors open. I was like, Oh my God, this is like real life right now. This is kind of like a make or break a moment. Um, and so, I mean, as soon as I walked out there, like I felt my, my knees start to shake and I was like, this is crazy. Like, I feel like I'm going to like fall in my heels. I'm going to embarrass myself. Um, but I don't know. It was like, as soon as I got up there, it all kind of changed. Like my, men like my mentality changed again. It was just kind of like, I'm just going to give it my all. Um, and I think that was the best way to put it throughout the entire season is that I was just focused on myself and I wasn't worrying about anybody else and 
just kind of doing my own thing. And that, yeah, I feel like it's the best way to put that. Yeah, that's something that we've learned. And I spoke about it the last podcast as well, but not worrying about what other people are doing, just like Garrett says all the time, control the controllables and focusing on yourself. But what was it like once you achieved that feeling and you saw a chair turn around? Oh, it was the most liberating feeling I have ever felt. Kelly Clarkson has been like one of my idols since I could ever remember, like since I started singing, she was my first concert that I've ever been to. Um, Her song, Because of You, was like my first ever song I auditioned with for like little talent shows in my hometown. Um, And then, I don't know, like I had this PlayStation game, like the American Idol PlayStation game where you like sing along. Her song, Breakaway, was the only song I ever sang. so I don't know, it was like a full circle moment when she turned. Um, Cause I was like, I feel for like the first time in a while, it felt like all the hard work that I put in for, since I started singing to now like really paid off. Um, and it's really nice having like that affirmation, which is really cool. I've got a question that's a little off topic. Well, not really, but kind of, but you have such an amazing mindset and for only being what, 18 years old now, and you were, you know, 16, 17 at this time. And you said that you kind of had this very competitive drive at such such a young age and you had this, you know, never quit type of attitude. Do you think that it was kind of your growing up? Like, would you attest that to your mom? Would you attest that to your dad to kind of instilling that in you? (laughs) Definitely. Um, I come from a very like, sports soccer um infused family so i grew up playing soccer my brothers put up i grew up playing soccer um i mean my dad still plays soccer half the time uh so i definitely have like that kind of like competitive mindset um but with singing it's also a different thing because it's like you're on the field i guess like you're in it for the game and you're going to play the full however many like however many minutes like i played 90 minute games um And so it just kind of just depends, but with singing, it's more of like on the field, it's more teamwork. I mean, you guys can attest to that because you guys play hockey. I'm all, by the way, I'm a major hockey fan, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but it's like, I don't know that whole thing with it's all teamwork is almost the same thing with singing as well. Um, But it's finding yourself and it's doing the whole background work. I feel like is the best way to put it. So the prep beforehand, doing all that and making sure that you're going to be the best that you can when it comes to showtime. Um, is the best way to put it. Sure. I was just going to circle back to that because you talked about how when you came out, there were no nerves. As soon as those doors open, you know, the butterflies hit, right? Yeah. But then you start singing and they kind of float away again. And another phrase that we hear all the time is like the will to prepare is more important than the will to succeed. Yeah. And it's the same thing on the ice. If you're in a really big game, You know, before you're not that nervous, but then, you know, they're doing the national anthem, the puck's about to drop, those nerves kick in. But as soon as you're playing, doing your thing, it all floats away and it it just goes back to that preparation. But it also sounds like you have a really good support group with you. Um, You said that it is a team aspect, even though you're obviously singing alone. Um, How do you think your support group has helped you through your career so far? I mean, with like my family and my friends and uh, like vocal coaches and stuff that I've had over the years, it's definitely a nice feeling. Um, I'm very lucky and very fortunate to have them. They're the best support team I've ever had. Um, And it's just, it's nice knowing that if something doesn't work out, I have something behind me that is going to love and care for me no matter what, I guess is the right way to put it, which is really awesome. 
No, it's very important. And the reason I brought that up is because I put myself back to being 18 years old and I can't even imagine, you know, performing in front of thousands of people. Like I, I would stand up there and be absolutely speechless, but Millions. I put it in terms of hockey where obviously our background is my parents were always there for me. And if there was a bad situation, my dad would always be the one to talk me off the ledge. Like, you know, Gary, you can't think this way. You can't think negatively. Like you have to look at it in this light and you speak, you know, for an 18 year old girl, having gone through all this, you speak very knowledgeably in that um, aspect. So I was just very curious to see, and it's good to know that, you know, you have um, a good head on your shoulders, but I always go back to the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So yeah. I'd have to imagine your parents are probably both very similar demeanor as you are, or you get it from one side or the other. So yeah. that's really cool. No, it definitely is like split between both of them. But my dad was like my coach for almost all, like all my years of playing soccer. So I definitely got a lot of it from him as well. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Thank you. Uh, as much as we wish people could just follow their dreams and share their talent with the world, when it comes down to it, entertainment is a business. Were you turned down at auditions uh, at any point in your time or in, in your life? Um, and how did you improve yourself to turn failures into success? I definitely have had my fair share of no's um, throughout the entire process of me being in the entertainment industry. Um, like the first thing that I was told when I first started was you're going to be told no a hundred times before you get told one yes. Um, and I feel like that's with everything that you do again, but it really like, it definitely hit right then and there. Um, I did a little competition out in Temecula one time and I was probably about 10, like 10. Um, and then after that, I was invited from to a girl group from that competition because one of the people saw me from there. So they had me audition and I, it was a singing and dancing girl group, primarily dance, but um, I didn't dance at all. I could like do like a somersault and I was like, oh, look, word. <laughs> um, but I don't know, I'm with like these professional dancers who have danced for everyone, um, but they're all like my age, which was like super crazy to me. And I was like, I watch you guys on YouTube. This is crazy. Um, but I auditioned for the, for the group, got told no because I couldn't dance. And I was like, understandable. Um, but I wasn't going to let that affect me, I guess. And I wanted to prove, I mean, like what I said, I wanted to prove them wrong and be like, I can do this. Whether or not I got a shot at the group again or not. Um, it was just something that I like wanted to do. Like in the back of my mind, I was like, I want to, like, I just want to make sure I can do it. Um, so I stopped or the next day after they told me, no, I found this lady out in Orange County and she, um, really like taught me like the whole performance aspect of it. Um, well, at least introduced me to it. Um, there I did like artist development where I songwrited or I well, English song wrote or wrote <laughs> songs, whatever way you want to put it. Um, and I would like record and I do like the whole performance aspect where I sang and dance and had lessons for it. And then all of a sudden, like two months later, I got another phone call saying, Hey, we want you to come audition again. And so I went back, uh, they said I improved it still wasn't good enough so they cut me again and then <laughs> I was like what the heck so yeah. I did that again and I started taking classes out in Millennium with literally like professional dancers who are dancing for Justin Bieber, Beyonce, um, Chris Brown, anybody that you can think of um, all of them and I was just like this like 10 year old that was just like throwing myself in the middle like right smack in front 
And I was like, I can't dance, but I'm just going to do it anyways. Um, and then, I don't know, I just kind of kept kept at it. They invited me back to the group one more time. And that's when I they like accepted me into it because I really like focused on it. And I like was persistent with it. Yeah, that leads me into a few different pieces of advice. But I guess one is surrounding yourself with people who have done it. We were talking with a Navy SEAL a few podcasts ago, and he used the phrase iron sharpens iron. So if you want to achieve something, you need to be around people who have already achieved it or are also trying to achieve that because you're just going to be able to help each other out. And so it's great that you were able to find that group. And another thing is you're never too young to master your craft, right? So you were obviously super young going to these auditions and, you know, you got told no a bunch of times, but you weren't afraid to put yourself out there and take a risk to go into those situations. And obviously you've learned a lot and I'm sure you've made some great relationships with those people too. Yeah, no, the, the experiences that I, that I got from that whole group, um, were once in a lifetime opportunities. I mean, I've gotten to perform for Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. Um, I perform the Jacksons brought us out to Vegas to go perform for them before their show at Planet Hollywood, which was like super crazy because Jackson five was like one of my like main, like, uh, inspirations. Like I sing their songs all the time. Just really like, I don't know, people that I really look up to it was like all of a sudden they were like peers, which is really weird because it was like never in a million years would I think that I would be in Vegas performing for them or would even like be in a girl group. I was completely soccer oriented. I thought I was going to be playing soccer for like during college. Like I was on ODP, which is like the Olympic Devo- or developmental program, things like that. And then all of a sudden it was like life took a turn, but it was for the better. Um, and which I absolutely am so grateful for. It's funny that you said you were kind of, you know, starstruck when you're performing for the Jackson five and stuff like that. And me and Sean talk about this all the time. Like celebrities and people that have like a status are no different than any other person. They just have gained a following because they become successful in that, you know, profession that they're in. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because some of the people um, that we've had the chance to talk to or, you know, are friends with that are higher up in their profession, some of them, you know, it gets to their head, but some of them are the most down to earth you know, most humble, uh, like greatest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. And it's weird because you don't really know who they are. You know them for what they've done. So when you get to meet them and actually talk with them, you know, it can go, like I just said, one of two ways and be like, this is like the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Or, you know, Hey, this guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Uh, So it's cool that you've got to experience that. And you've had some, you know, Kelly Clarkson, you mentioned before the Jackson five, like all these people, it's cool that you've, you know, done so well for yourself that you're surrounding yourself with these people um went on a little rant there but I wanted to go back to Sean's point to iron sharpens iron are there any people or friends in your close friend group that you have you know similar goals or are trying to achieve uh similar things um yes and no I mean within like my immediate circle like not too many everybody is like super sports oriented um but I went to a performing arts high school and that was probably the best thing I could have ever done I was homeschooled throughout my middle school years. Um, and then freshman year, I was like, I want to go back to uh, experience high school somehow, some way. Um, so we have a performing arts school right by my house. And I was like, I want to go there. And so I went there and it was just so nice being surrounded by like-minded people who really wanted to do the same thing and genuinely enjoyed their craft. And they wanted to be there because they wanted to be there. Um, it wasn't like their parents were forcing them to go type of thing. Um, and so I feel like that's, having that was a nice push in the right direction because it allowed me to grow with my peers who also do the same thing 
Um, and I don't know, we all just kind of like help each other out, which is really awesome. Like if I don't know something in a different, in a different uh, lane, someone else in that lane can help me out or vice versa. It's really awesome. It sounds like you have a great culture there. And yeah. you, like we said, are able to learn from each other and help each other out, which even if it's not in the exact same industry or you don't have the exact same goals, just seeing people pursuing their goals is going to motivate you to be like, they're going to do that. And I'm going to do everything I can to do this. So that's awesome. But how are you able to balance gaining some fame while maintaining these relationships with your friends at home? I mean, I wouldn't even consider it fame. I think it's just like the opportunity that arose. Um, but I feel like it almost helped me in a way. Um, I mean, I'm normally like a very shy individual, at least from like freshman year to like sophomore to like beginning of junior year. I'm very, it's very shy. I wouldn't, I was not the type of person to like go out of my way and be like, Oh my God, hi, how are you? That type of thing. Like, I just be like, like if the time comes and like, I'm, I'm going to meet you, then I'm like, I'm going to meet you and we're going to be friends. Um, which is really, I don't know. It's recently I've been like, Oh my gosh, like I want to meet everybody. I think that's also partially because of quarantine. Cause like I've been stuck inside the house. So, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I feel like the opportunities from the voice have allowed me to make connections and um, kind of like bridge that gap between people that I knew, um, even on like different levels uh, compared to like the status, I guess, whether they were on the voice with me or they were just like my hometown friends. Um, it kind of allowed me to like become closer with a lot of people, um, which is really cool. But it's also like, I gained a lot of friends from it, but I also saw a lot of my friends back away just because of everything that was happening, which was kind of like a little sad, but also I knew that I had to be the person that had to break that. And I wanted to like be friends with everyone. So I made sure that I was like going around and like, they knew that like, I still care about them because I don't know, for me, like being around people who do the same thing, like it's just like a normal world, but I guess to other people, um, it can be something new. And that's something that I had to learn. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I changed whatsoever. Um, and I feel like I'm just, it was just one opportunity that led to another. And then uh, just kind of going back to my home roots. That's actually really counterintuitive to what I would have assumed. I would have assumed that people you weren't really that close with would have started trying to be really close with you. Um, were there any kind of techniques, I guess, or how did you reassure your friends that, like Garrett said, you're still you. You just are excelling at what you want to pursue. I think I got really lucky with my friend group um, and the fact that they knew that this was something that I've always wanted to do. I came to, I, I mean, especially like at school and stuff like that. I came to the school knowing that I wanted to pursue music for the rest of my life. Um, I mean, ever since I was 10, I was like, I'm going to be doing music for the rest of my life. This is what I want to do. Um, and so everyone kind of knew that and they all really appreciated that. But that's also because they all had the same ideas and they, that's what they wanted to do as well. So I don't feel like anyone really, their perspectives changed on me at all, which is really awesome. Um, if anything, I, it's like what you said, the out, like people that I wasn't necessarily close with. Um, I don't know. It's just like they view me differently, but I'm not. Like, I feel like I'm just an equal. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like, people are people. It doesn't matter who you are where you've been, what type of like life you've had. It's just like, we're all people. We're all human beings. I obviously haven't known you that long. You know, we had the phone conversation earlier and we've exchanged a few uh, emails and messages, but just from talking to you, I can tell that I feel like it hasn't changed you by the 
the words that you're using to explain your whole experience. You know, you talk about you're grateful for the opportunity, um, you know, and the experiences that you've gone through. I feel like someone that has changed would use a different sort of uh, vocabulary to describe their experience. So good for you. And, um, you know, you're still young and Sean and I have lost friends over the years. And, uh, you know, it's in, in my opinion, it's for the better. Um, because I feel like, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I feel like people there are like for stepping stones in your life and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and I think that God has a plan and puts people in your life for specific reasons, whether yeah. we're able to explain what those reasons are at that time or five years down the road. Um, it doesn't really matter, at least in my whole belief system. So I yeah. think even those friends that you have lost have, has taught you some valuable lesson about yourself or about, you know, people as uh, in general. Yeah, I think that's like a fantastic way to put it. I mean, I mean, the phrase that everything happens for a reason. Um, and like, even what you said, like, God put people in your life, and you're going to learn and they're there for a reason. And then all of a sudden, if they're not in your life for all of a sudden, all of a sudden, then, um, then you, it's like, it's like a learning, it's like, you have to learn from it, which is really, mm. I don't know, that's really cool that you say that, because that it keeps coming back to me. Um, that people keep saying that, which is a really nice way to put things. Yeah. I think there's another aspect that we overlook too. And it's not that people don't still love you and they wouldn't still do anything for you. It's just separation and distance kind of, it's really hard for everyone. So yeah. what I've learned, you know, growing up and playing on teams in Colorado and Texas and Pittsburgh with guys from all over the world is that even if you aren't talking that often, when there is a reason to reach out, you know, even if it's as simple as a birthday, like you can have a conversation with someone like you just saw him yesterday. Yeah. So people will always be there for you. It's just a matter of reaching out and making the time to maintain those relationships. Yeah. And it's super simple as well. It's like, I mean, like what you said, just like reaching out for like something like their birthdays. I mean, I rekindled so many friendships when I was younger, even like literally like it sounds weird, but it's like, I had one friend from like preschool that I was super close with and we've always kind of stayed in touch, but then it's like, after like sixth grade, we were like, didn't talk to each other really at all. And then up until maybe like two years ago, I was like, oh my God, like I saw her one day. Um, and then we've always stayed in touch somehow, some way, um, which is really cool. And it's just like things like that, the little things, it's like what's important. Me and Sean, I moved into Sean's house where we currently are now in Colorado Springs when I was 15 or 16 years old. Um, I moved away from my family and my house when I was 15. Uh, to pursue, you know, playing hockey, similar to what you do, obviously a different career choice. Um, but I did that. And it's funny because me and Sean have always been in different states, except for that, you know, year and a half we played together. But sometimes if we're not playing Xbox, which is, we're very fortunate, that's how we can keep in touch. But yeah. if we don't have Xbox, you know, we can go a month, two months without talking to each other, then he'll reach out or I'll reach out. And the best part about the whole thing is it's like we haven't skipped a beat. Like, it's not awkward. It seems like we had just talked yesterday. And the one thing is, too, like, I know he will always be there no matter what, where I feel like you have some of those friends where you you kind of question. I don't know if loyalty is the best word, but you do. You kind of question their loyalty to you. Like, if I don't reach out to this person, are they going to reach out to me? Yeah. And if, if you feel like they're not going to reach out to you, for me personally, I kind of just, like, cut ties with them because if they don't want to be a part of my life, I don't really want to be a part of their life. You know, I feel like it's a two way street. It has to go both ways. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I mean, that kind of happens with like me and also like my best friend 
growing up when I played soccer, um, me and this girl, we were super close, like best friends. Um, and then after I quit soccer, um, we still hung out, but like we weren't like obviously as close as we were because we were with each other 24 seven. But then all of a sudden it was like, I'm up in LA, she has soccer. Um, we didn't get to hang out as much. And we've always stayed in touch over the years, but we definitely were not as close as I was when I was younger. Up until literally, I want to say like two months ago, I was like, what are you doing? I'm going to have a suit this weekend. Do you want to go? And she was like, oh my God, yes. And so I've seen her almost every single week. Like her and I, it's like one of those, exactly what you said, one of those relationships where you can pick up right where you left off. Um, and like, that's how I feel like, I don't know. That's when it really is meaningful. Like, because you know, you have that, like that person there for you, that's always going to be there for you. And it's nothing changed, which is really cool. So getting into some of the harder times in your career, I know that you're still very young and it's very early, but was there ever a time that you considered giving up? And if so, how did you ever come overcome it? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say giving up, but I would be questioning the choices that I made, I guess, which is almost kind of like what happened. Like I started, I started off country when I was younger. Um, and then I was in the girl group, which brought me more into the pop aspect. Um, and I continued on that till up until last year, actually, um, when I was on The Voice and I did the whole pop soul route. And while I was there, it was like a bunch of soul searching. I, I, I feel like it's the best way to put it. I was constantly like, like talking to myself and saying like, I don't know if this like feels right. Like, I feel like the, like something is like off, I guess is the right. Um, and so after The Voice, I went and recorded a few more songs in the pop route. Um, and the songs were phenomenal. I absolutely love them, but it just didn't feel like me. Um, and that's when I kind of made the change to country because I was performing at all these different country events and it was always like, it's always been my roots. I mean, I come from Norco, which is like horse town USA um, and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I was like, as soon as I made that transition, like it felt right. Like I felt very comfortable and it just like sits right. And I'm like, this is, this is like what I'm meant to be doing. For some reason, all of a sudden in a couple of years, if it's not what I want to do, I always can go back to the whole pop route because I already know what all of that is. Yeah. Trust your gut, I think is an important thing um, and a good message. And you talk about transitioning and something we kind of overlooked here. Um, so we're going to go back a little bit, but you talked about, you were obviously a, a pretty accomplished soccer player too. So what was it like for you? You know, I wouldn't say quitting because I don't think you obviously had to spend a lot of time in the music industry to get to where you are. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that you really quit soccer, but how hard was it for you leaving soccer and, and being so accomplished at that? Because I'm sure you didn't just, you know, weren't just an overnight success. You probably had to put in a significant amount of work to be that accomplished in soccer as well. It was, it was definitely a decision that was kind of like hard for me. Um, I mean, I was going, I was like skipping school or I was homeschooled. Like I was skipping school when I was in like sixth grade. Um, cause I'd have to go to rehearsal in the mornings and then I'd go straight to soccer practice at night. And then all of a sudden I made this, I told my mom, I was like, I want to be homeschooled because I can't do both of these. Um, so I was homeschooled for a while. And then that's when I really was up in LA from like 8am to like 4pm every day. And then I'd rush down to Chino Hills and I'd go to soccer practice from six to eight. And I do that every single day or almost every single day. Um, and then at one point I was like, I have to like really think about this because 
I mean, this is going to be like the rest of my life. Like if I, if I continue playing soccer, then I go and I go to college, play, play soccer. And then after that, most likely I'm just going to be done. Um, that I'm going to want to move on with my life and start a new chapter. But it's like with music, like it was, music wasn't like my first love, obviously because of soccer, but it's also been like, it's the first thing that felt completely right. Like I loved being on stage. I loved entertaining. Um, I felt very comfortable there. And so I knew that if I do music, I would be really happy and would continue on that path for the rest of my journey or, um, and so I feel like making that decision was really hard, especially for like my dad. He was like my, he was my coach for all I can remember. Um, so I know it definitely hurt him a little bit, but he also wants me to be extremely happy and wants me to do what I love. So um, it was nice having that support system saying that they're going to stand by me no matter what. Um, but ultimately I knew that singing was what I wanted to do. Clearly you've, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know, but I can probably say that you've made him very proud and, you know, your new career pursuits and um, obviously have seemed like a very mature girl for only being 18 years old. I know I've said that a lot, but uh, that's just one thing I've noticed with talking with you. You're very well-spoken and just the, again, the vocabulary you use to describe that is, it's crazy because our coach, when me and Sean used to play, would say similar things, you know, like trust the process or uh, maybe not God, God has a plan, but similar things and stuff like that. And we were 18 years old and me and Sean used to be like, I hate the process, like hate all this stuff. And as we get older and go through those experiences, we're now like, no, like it's so true. And for you to realize that at such a young age to me is just unbelievable. Yeah. No, I, the hardest, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. The hardest part is that you just want to be there. You want to be at the end goal. You know, for us, yeah. we, we want to be college hockey players. We want to be professional hockey players. I'm sure for you, you want to be doing stadium shows and all those things, but you realize along the way that like, working hard is so much fun and meeting yeah. these people who you make these bonds with, you don't make the same type of bond. If everything's great, it's the struggle that helps you create those bonds. Yeah. And it's like, when you get to that end goal, it's like, you look back on like everything that you did and it's like, ultimately everything that you did to get up to that point was so worth it. I mean, it was worth all the pain and the sweat and the tears and things like that. And like the work that was put into it, it's, it's really rewarding very rewarding that's a great word to describe it one question we love to ask our guests um if you could go back and obviously you're very young so but if you could go back and give advice to your younger self or the younger generation of up-and-coming um artists or even dancers or even soccer players what would your advice to them be i would say i mean this sounds kind of cheesy but i mean continue to do what you love ultimately um you're, you're only going to be, you're going to be the happiest when you're doing what you love and you surround yourself with good people and that, uh, and that it's going to be all worthwhile. I feel like is the best way to put it. Awesome. Hey. Sean, you got anything else? No, I'm just really excited to see what you do coming up and hockey players have a bit of a, uh, a reputation for love and country music. So can't say I'm disappointed with your transition, but um, thank you so much for coming on. And we love hearing your story and you have so much knowledge. I know Garrett's already said it a few times, but you're very knowledgeable and very wise for your young age. So that's only going to help you in the long run. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
Yeah, we're going to be in your corner. We'll be rooting for you. So Sounds good. Thank whatever you, guys. you do, we'll be following. So 